Welcome to the Wild Chats Leadership Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Costa, and we're your co-hosts. Hi, Wildcats. Welcome back to the Wild Chats Leadership Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, David Richards. He's a Weber State University fellow, and we are so honored to have him on our show. Um, David, welcome. Uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, You know what your background is, and why Weber State? Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to participate in this podcast. Um, I recently have retired from uh, Intel Corporation. Uh, for those who don't know, that is the, it's a high-tech company that makes chips for computers as well as many other things. And I've had the great opportunity to work for Intel for the past 15 years as a people development professional. And what that means is that I'm in was involved in the learning and development solutions and programs for the company, uh, developing those for executives, leaders, high potentials, managers, and employees alike. Had an opportunity to work with leaders all over the globe, including the CEO and and executive staff, in trying to help them be more successful as leaders in that organization. Uh, so. I feel very strongly about leadership um, and uh, believe uh, one of the most important things I learned about leadership is that all of us can be leaders, all of us must be leaders. And so I think it's great that we are having this conversation about leadership. Uh, prior to working for Intel, I worked uh, in the uh, supply chain management and uh, work for companies like Nike, Hager Apparel, and Russell Newman, which was a subsidiary of uh, Vanity Fair. And uh, you might think, I wonder, what does supply chain management have to do with leadership <laughs> development? Well, surprisingly, there's a lot of skill that uh, you learn in supply chain management that helps you put together and execute uh, leadership programs. So, uh, it, uh, it worked out for me, at least. I am a uh, graduate from Weber State University uh, in 1990. I got my BA from in a business administration and uh, had somewhat of a unique way in which graduation came about, which I won't go into at this time, but have been ever grateful to Weber State for uh, their support to me as a student. And so for a number of years, I have contributed financially to Weber State, specifically scholarships for students. Students. So I'm uh, awesome. I'm glad that I can do that. And as uh, Costa said, I am a uh, fellow. It's a program that uh, Intel provides retirees as they transition from a full-time employment to retirement to give them <laughs> opportunities to give back to the community and uh, do something productive. And so uh, they uh, have provided this this uh, fellowship at Weber State. Uh, I'm specifically uh, been involved with the Richard Richards Institute for Ethics in the College of Social Behavioral Scientist, uh, Science. And uh, so um, that co was completed just barely. So now I'm just uh, volunteering, but I have been, uh, I'm now a permanent uh, member of the board of directors for that institute. So I'm grateful that I can continue to give back to Weber State as they gave to me. Oh, that's incredible. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. quite an, an impressive list of qualifications for this podcast. I think that you are, you are overqualified. Danielle, we're moving yeah. on up. <laughs> this is awesome. We're so excited to talk to you more about Thank like you. the leadership you experienced in those different roles and um, why it was so important to you. So we want to start off with a pretty basic question. Um, what is leadership to you? How would you define it and how have you kind of seen it in all of those 
different positions that you've had? Well, thank you. That is a perfect question, and uh, there could be lots of answers, but uh, I'll give you a few of my own based on my experience. Uh, leadership isn't a title or position. In my opinion, leadership is really a way of being, and effective leaders are those that really facilitate conversations that unleash the collective brilliance in the organization or the team or the room, if you will, so that the right answers will emerge that are most meaningful to the situation. Uh, sometimes I think we think leaders are supposed to be the smartest person in the room. There's really no such thing. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, the real brilliance comes from the collective and effective leaders, you know, have that capacity to bring out the very best in those who are following those leaders or part of that organization. I think effective leaders really seek new ideas, new perspectives, uh, different worldviews. They value diversity and inclusion because they know exponentially it can have a much greater impact on the organization. And, I, and, I, and as I might have mentioned earlier, I can't remember because I was in a leadership class today, that uh, leadership, a lot of times people have asked me because of my profession, um, are leaders uh, born or are they made? And uh, the answer is they're neither born or made. Leaders choose to be leaders. And I think that's a big distinction. And everyone can be a leader and everyone should be a leader and must be a leader. And uh, so if you understand and believe that, then you want to better understand, well, what does effective leadership look like? And what can my role be in the world as far as a leader? I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's well, super cool. That kind of transition transitions into our next question we have. Having both experience in the corporate and academic worlds, is there a difference in what leadership is? Is there a difference in what leadership is between, you know, being in a corporate setting or being in an academic setting? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and you would think the answer would be yes, and it's yes and no, in my opinion, because I think the difference between the corporate world and the academic academic world or a nonprofit or a governmental or U.S. company versus international institution uh, probably has a lot more to do with the culture of that organization. And even within corporate America, because I've worked for a number of companies, every one of them have different cultures. Matter of fact, businesses within those organizations could have different cultures. So I think the key to leadership is understanding what is the culture and should that be the culture? And as the leader, what do I want that culture to be? So um, in the case of the academics, because I'm a fellow here at Weber State, as well as I've you know, worked in, uh, with a large corporation, um, I think uh, the answer is you need to understand the culture, define the culture, influence the culture, change the culture. But as far as the leadership uh, capacity and, and uh, principles, I think they're the same. For instance, uh, I'm a big advocate for uh, the research of Dr. Kuz and Dr. Puzder, who have over 35 years of research experience on defining really what is an effective leader. And um, they have developed 30 leadership behaviors that kind of uh, are housed in five leadership principles. And what I've found is those principles can apply in almost any organization, applied 
correctly can be powerful. And those are that a leader models the way, for example, they are an example of integrity and honesty would be modeling the way. They inspire a shared vision. That is, they can articulate a compelling image of what the future could be. Uh, Great leaders challenge the status quo. That is, they uh, look for innovative ways to make improvement by taking risk and experimenting and dealing with failure as a positive way to learn. Uh, Leaders enable others to act. They create an environment of trust by treating all with dignity and respect. And leaders encourage the heart. That is, they recognize and celebrate the contribution of individuals and teams. So if you take that idea of effective leadership, apply it to the unique culture of that organization. It doesn't matter if you're in your academics or corporate or nonprofit or governmental or a home or any type of community, uh, you're going to be more effective as a leader. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I think that kind of goes back to the last question we talked about of, um, you know, what is leadership? Leadership involves diversity of thought, uh, making sure that uh, it's adaptive and situational. So I think that's that's really interesting and, and definitely ties in. The two, the two tie in very well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I think one of the things that you said at the beginning that I really enjoyed was that a leader, leadership is not a position. And I think that that was evident in how you explained what leadership is like anybody Anybody can be a leader. Um, And the cool thing about it is they just have to have those behavioral characteristics, which they can choose to have. So I love that you said that. I think that that's really powerful because I don't know. I often think of a leader as like the head of the group, like the CEO or the manager, whatever their position is. Yeah, the loudest. (laughs) Well, that would be me then. (laughs) You are. No, I love that. (laughs) But I love that. I think that's so powerful and empowering for people who feel like they can't control very much or they don't know where to start to be a leader. I think that that's really cool. Um, do you, our next question that we wanted to talk to you about, this is one of my favorite questions um, that we've asked a lot of people is, do you have a role model of leadership that you look up to somebody who you are trying to be like? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I, I thought of a lot of possible ways of answering that, but then I thought I'm going to just talk about, uh, a, my favorite manager, one of my favorite managers, I had a lot of good managers uh, at, uh, at most all the companies that I've worked for, but there was one in particular that uh, really made a difference in my life, uh, and it was uh, Becky Vaughn at Antil at the time she was the director of executive development. And um, just to give you a sample of, I think, her leadership way of being was uh, there were two quotes that I got from her that really influenced me. One was, uh, make your intentions known, was one of them. In other words, let people know what your passion is, what your ambitions are, what you would like to do with your career, what's important to you. She's basically giving you permission to be yourself, but articulating that to those who have uh, influence or power. And I applied that throughout my career ever since I heard that, and it served me very well, including then working for her at a later date, or at least within her organization. The second one was, I give you permission to not ask permission. That's a very (laughs) empowering powerful statement yeah. that I trust, you know, yes, a lot of trust it's a huge amount of trust. Yeah. It appreciates uh, autonomy and how we, uh, we as, as earthlings want to 
exist, which gives us permission to do what we think is important and not have to always run back and uh, make sure that we're doing what they want. A really good leader is much more interested on what you want to do, so long as it falls within the perimeters of the overall intention or vision. So tell me the boundaries and then allow me to be myself within those boundaries. Becky Vaughn was very, very, very good at that. She, uh, she had, uh, she applied a lot of these five principles that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very good at articulating what her vision was, but at the same time could articulate it in such a way that she understood her followers or her team's own aspirations. And so she would articulate her vision as it relates to my aspirations and how both could be achieved. Why wouldn't I want to follow her? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, very, very powerful. The other thing that she was really good at was building an environment of trust because of how she treated everyone with dignity and respect. So everyone wanted to be a part of that organization. They would bend over backwards to do whatever it would take in order to achieve what her intentions were because we knew that we all would win at that. Very very powerful things to do. And then on top of that, so willing to give people credit, to uh, celebrate wins, even celebrate failures because we knew this was a learning opportunity based on where we might not have (laughs) gone as well. One of my favorite things was everything is a pilot. We're just trying it out. We'll see how it works. If it fails, so what? It's just a pilot. I love that. Anyway, she's very, very uh, influential in my life, loved by her a team and organization. She's just a phenomenal human being, but a very good leader. That's incredible. It sounds like what she was doing is building an army of fellow leaders. Like <laughs> that's what that's what it sounds like she wanted you guys to do is to to totally be yourself and grow. And I just think that that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's really, really cool. cool. I want to meet her. <laughs> well, I love that comment because really effective leaders are not it's not about followers. It's about building leaders. Really, you want everybody in your organization to be a leader and to act as a leader and develop them as a leader. For one thing, you know, you, 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 what's kind of sustainability will you have if you just have the single leader who then leaves and all the tribal knowledge? You really want a organization full of leaders, which that might be a, that's a more difficult thing to try to manage, mm-hmm. but it's a, a, a much, it's a much better place to be. But you know, that that takes some real skill. Yeah. You got to really work at it. Becky Vaughn was a pro. That's awesome. Well, well, to close out, do you have any um, tips, advice for the next generation of leaders and the next army of leaders, next (laughs) army of leaders? (laughs) Any last, any last words for the, yeah, well, um, I've, I probably mentioned it before, like I said, goes to, we were in a class together. And so I can't remember what I've said here, but I want to (laughs) reiterate if I've already said it, that leadership is a choice. And so if I was going to give any advice to the next generation, uh, which I have a lot of confidence in because I've worked with a lot of students here at Weber State and I'm just blown away as to their capacity and desires to make a difference. It would be to intentionally choose to be a leader, be a leader in your profession, be a leader in your home and family, be a leader in community, be a leader at school. Um, 
and and be committed to making a difference and having impact and uh, achieving your potential and allowing yourself to learn and grow and develop through both success and failure. And so that would be my wish because I'm so confident in the capacity of this next generation or this current generation because I retired so or has been it's you two <laughs> who are really going to lead us into the future and you just decide yes I'm going to be that kind of leader that would be my recommendation that's, that's super powerful I don't know how to how to close out after that I know <laughs> I love that I think that's so awesome <laughs> it's a great close just out mic drop and we're just gonna cut the episode huh. off right here <laughs> <laughs> well thanks David for coming on the show um, we really appreciate it it's been um, awesome it has it has been a really fun episode well, thank you I appreciate you guys this has been uh, it's been a thrill for me thank you yeah it's not every day you get to be on a podcast it's kind of exciting <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> thank you well awesome well have an awesome Wednesday Wildcats and we'll catch you in two weeks stay wild thanks for listening Wildcats join us next time on November 23rd where we'll be interviewing Dean Julie Rich 